So Desmond, you uh, you went from the NFL to starting a freight broker. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about your journey on how did you launch Bear Down? Why did you move into freight brokerage uh, from a very successful NFL career? Yeah, so there was a long gap in between the NFL and getting into logistics. And I, w- I got into logistics by accident. I think most of us get into logistics by accident. It was a friend of mine who reached out to me. I was doing uh, public speaking full time and he seen some of the marketing things that I was doing and he wanted to do some co-marketing with his logistics company, Dre Depot. And through conversation, I started learning more about the logistics industry and he offered me to come on with him. But as I studied more and more, I just really took to this industry and I thought that I could be really successful in it because it's all process oriented and putting together systems and and bringing people into it and teaching them those processes and systems. I believe that's why I always excelled in my life. So I believe that this was an industry that I could come in and, and dominate a certain space of it. Now, you've been doing this for a year, over a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've launched the business. You launched it in a really unfortunate market. Didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. And I'm glad I didn't know. Yeah. You, you think you would have done it in hindsight uh, if you had known about the conditions of the market? So I'm not a big believer of ig- ignorance is bliss. But in this case, ignorance was bliss. Because if I would have known all of the the data at the time and known that, hey, this is, this is going to be a tough market, I wouldn't have done it. But when I did start my company, I had no outside knowledge of the industry and what was going on. All I knew is I was taught, this is how you do it. These are the things that you have to do. And if you want to be successful, you got to master these things. That's the only thing that I concentrated on from May of 2022 until December of 2022. And when I looked up, you know, I had built a revenue of over $100,000 a month. And I didn't know whether that was good or not because the person who taught me this, this industry he built a company and in a year it, he had earned $15 million. So I thought I was struggling and I reached out to people to kind of get a, a, a baseline of where I'm, where am I at? How am I doing? And the, the response that I got back was, man, you're doing awfully well considering this is a terrible market mm-hmm. and you've gained this much traction in such a short period of time. And then that's when I really started to understand what type of market it is. And just by having my, my head down and doing the things that I was supposed to do that I was actually doing pretty good in the industry. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to evaluate any kind of compare one business to the other. Right. There's so many variables, but also based on market timing is so important in this industry. It's a very, very cyclical industry, um, that unfortunately you're a slave to the market in many ways. I think it just, that's part of the functions of this business. Right. I, you know what? I, I don't know because in, in all down economies, there's opportunity, right? You just gotta, you just gotta grind hard enough and be smart enough to find those opportunities and to take advantage of, of those opportunities. Um, I don't know if I found those opportunities or, uh, was grinding hard enough and, and definitely not as smart as, 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 as m- many of the people in here at that time. But, um, I did fall into some good opportunities, but I look at those times when things are tough, you know, if, if you can really be strategic about what you're doing and you know how to think about the tough times, there's always opportunities. So doesn't, you've played on teams, you've been a part of some very successful teams. Why are you going to win? What, 
gives you the confidence that you're going to win in this industry? Confidence. Um, uh, I, I put out something a, a week or so ago. I've been doubted at every level, Craig. Um, high school, my high school coach told his coaches if he had to start me as a as his starting quarterback, he was going to get fired. I wanted to go to one of the big three colleges in Florida, Florida State, um, Florida Gators, uh, Miami. I wanted to go to those schools. I wasn't fast enough. I wasn't good enough. So I went to Wake Forest and I became all-time ACC leading receiver. So got got to the league and um, I scored an S on my combine grade. And, and if you guys don't believe me, go look up Desmond Clark combine stats um, and keep <laughs> scrolling down and you'll see this big red letter F. So I've been doubted on every, every level, but on every level, I succeeded. And I think it's because over time, I understand what winning means. And, and when you really understand what winning means, which it means to gain or succeed by struggle, most people don't want to have to go through that struggle. I embrace the struggle. And just think about it. If, if you're playing a sport or you're in business, there's going to be a struggle. When you go out and practice every day and you're doing wind sprints, you're, you're struggling, brother. You, I mean, sometimes you feel like you're going to die. And I've just been trained in a way that the struggle, I understand, is part of it. And in this business, there's going to be struggle, but I'm going to embrace it all and know that I can overcome whatever obstacles or struggles that's been put in front of me. And over the course of my life, that's what I've always been doing. And I don't think this is going to be anything different. So you said you, ignorance is bliss. But one of the things I always like to understand, I think as a founder, we, these journeys are never what we think they're going to be. Right. If you could go back, say two years ago or a year and a half, and you made the decision to enter this industry, what do you wish you had known? Obviously, you didn't want to know about the market conditions. Right. You probably wouldn't have done it, uh, as you stated. But what do you wish you had known that? Uh, about this industry that today you do know that that could have helped you be better prepared? Um, I really wish somebody would have told me from the beginning, if you're going to do this, study a niche and get really good at that specific area. Um, when I first got into it, I was just, hey, give me, give me freight, give me freight, whatever freight. But now and I look back on it, I feel like I could be even farther along than I am now if I would have picked a specific commodity to just, and the reason why I say that is because um, the focus of it, if you can focus in one area and become an expert and become really good, then now you, you gain knowledge quicker. And instead of trying to, and, and if you guys are like me and, and you had to go out there and start making calls, you know, you, you got to fake it until you make it. So I'm telling people, Oh man, I, I have uh, all these trucks in your area and I haven't even booked a load yet. So I don't have a single truck. And I hated every minute of that. Right. Yeah. And now when, when I talk to my agents, I tell them to lean into the fact that you're new. It's a lot of people out here that want to help people and tell them, Hey, I'm new to the industry. I want to learn more about what you guys do because I'm very interested in it. It's a sales call, but I'm not even trying to sell you anything because I don't have anything to sell right now. But when I do come back and I am ready to sell, I want to be prepared. And then the last question that I tell them to ask is, when I do come back, what hurdles do I have to overcome so I could become, um, so you can become a, a client of mine or I could become a vendor of yours? But just lean into the fact that I'm new and get and educate yourself 
and really become the expert. It took me six weeks to get my first load. So if I was to go back and do it again, I would take those first four weeks just to get a deep knowledge of a certain product or whatever that niche is so I could be the expert in it when I got ready to go out and um, make real sales calls. When you told your agents to admit their um, newness, uh, their the fact that they're not experienced, mm-hmm. this is a new experience for them, did that change the way customers worked with you guys or thought of you? Or, or how did that change how they interacted with your, your team? What we seen was that they were more willing to have conversations. Because you weren't just anybody at that point. Well, not for me, for the agents, right? Instead of them coming and and, and kind of BSing, they, they hear this all the time, yeah, right? So I'm a person that I think authenticity wins. And if you can just be authentic, that comes across in the conversation, that comes across in your demeanor. And that demeanor, it first brings down that guard that everybody has up when they get that sales call, right? So now you get to bring down the guard and say, look, I don't even have anything to sell you. I'm just trying to learn. Can you give me a few minutes to ask a few questions? And the good people, they'll say, sure. I'll answer a few questions for you. And then as you accumulate those phone calls, you actually get more people to talk to you and you get more interaction. And the more the more interaction you get, the better you become because you get more information. And it's going to take you five, six weeks anyway to get anything. So you might as well educate yourself while you're doing it. Now, freight brokerage is a, for lack of a better term, is a team business. It mm-hmm. takes a lot of folks to manage exceptions, to track freight, to book it. You're dependent upon the drivers that are oftentimes folks that you don't have a relationship with. How do you think about what you have taken from professional sports and applied it into your business? It's definitely a team business. Um, but the one thing that I understand, and when, when I was playing on my teams, you know how they say, Oh, it's about the it's about the name on the front of the jersey, not the name on the back of the jersey. I, I never believed that. I played for the name on the back of the jersey. I played for me and my family first, and everybody else does too. But that team has to un, that team has to determine whether the name on the back fits the name on the front. And now, when I bring agents in, I want I want them to understand that hey, we we want to be the resource for you to be at your best. And if we can do that, then we have a great partnership. Um, Understanding that when people come into this industry, there's a 95% turnover in the first year, year and a half. They're doing something for a year and then all of a sudden they're somewhere else, right? How how do you stop that? And I I link that to the NFL draft. You know, as a six-round draft pick, it's only a 10% chance that I'm going to make it on the team. And I think about that when I'm talking to to people that I'm I want to bring in to be agents. How do I increase that 10% chance or that 5% chance in this industry that they're going to be here with me beyond a year, beyond two years? And I believe all of that comes with just the support that they get and making sure that they're in a in a space that's conducive to to the growth. And that we're doing everything to help them to grow and be successful and understanding what success means to them and making sure that we 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 back that up with not just words, but the actions so they can see that we're in it for their long term success. And Craig, I never hide from and, and I always tell my guy, Corey Davis, he's like my top guy. I'm like the, mo- the more money you make, 
the more money I make. <laughs> so I want you to make as much money as you can. Yeah. Non-capital, right? Yeah. I'm not just really the way. Yeah. It's just like, like, like you said, being on a team and it, exactly the way it works. You know, one of the challenges, uh, particularly in an early stage company is trying to figure out who are the right people to bring. Right. And I, I think one of the biggest issues that you deal with in this industry is that particularly when things are, when times are good, you know, people have all this upward mobility. It's exciting. They can make six figures without a lot of experience. And then the market's different. How have you screened or picked your team to really ensure that they're going to stick around for a year, five years, 10 years? Those are like to be transparent. So that's exactly what we're trying to iterate our business for right now. At the end of the year, 100,000, two months in a row of revenue. So now it's like, let's grow, let's bring people in. And I hire like five, six new people. And three of those reps are, uh, three of them were producing and co-producing uh, reps. Three of them were support team. Two of those reps didn't last, but I didn't do my due diligence because I'm riding that high. Things were good, just plug and play. And I didn't do the due diligence to understand who these people were and, and th their motivations and what they can actually bring to the table. And since then, we really refined who is the person that we really want to sit in this seat. And I had to really get deep with myself and understand who I wanted to deal with, who I wanted to give my time to. And it's uh, for me, it's all about the ex-athlete. We we want to we wanna get ex-athletes in those seats because I speak a common language with them. I know their, what type of motivation they have. I understand what they've been through. And I understand how I could continue to develop that um, that person in, in in those seats that we're looking for. So it's it's critical to have the the right people in the right seat. But you have to do the due diligence. You have to ask the right questions. And you really the thing that 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 we lean into now we ask questions that make people think. They just can't answer with subconscious answers. We have to make them think so we understand their thought process. And if I can understand their thought process, then I can understand them better. And that's what we're trying to tap into right now. You like that competitive nature, the fact that the adversity that they've been through. If they're not competitive, they're not, they're, they're not for us. They're not for Bear Down Logistics. And we ask a lot of competitive questions like, hey, there's, there's rookies and there's, and there's veterans on team. And as a rookie, do you, do you consider a competition with a veteran or how do you look, look at that? And this was just yesterday. We had a guy who answered it perfectly like I would answer. He said, and he struggled for a little bit. Oh, well, uh, I don't, it's, it's kind of competitions, but it's not. Of course, you got to compete with the veteran because you want to get to where they're at. But also if they're on your team, you also want to learn from that veteran. So it is a competition, but at the same time, it's collaboration. And it couldn't have been a more perfect answer. That's, that's the kind of person that I want on the team who thinks that that way. I got to ask before we go and we're out of time, but I real quick, you know, cause I obviously was, didn't play professional sports. It wasn't, it wasn't oh, you, 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 you're doing okay. <laughs> but when you're on a professional team, mm -hmm. you have a lot of, there's a lot of ego. There's a lot of success there. Everyone is ambitious. Do you, do you find there's a lot of competition among, is, is that a challenge of the players competing with one another? Absolutely. So how does the, how do the successful teams deal with that? So in 2006, I had either my first or, or second best season. We went to the Super Bowl. I led the team in catches in the Super Bowl. That year I had six touchdowns, 600 something yards, 45 catches or something like that. And the next year they drafted a, a tight end first round. 
they drafted Greg Olson. And everybody thought that I was going to be up in arms. Or, but when Greg came in, the thing that I had to understand is Greg is my teammate. He's going to help me win. So I want to make sure that I give Greg everything that I, I know and help him to be as good as possible. But I damn sure wasn't going to let him come in and just take my position. So is that competition and collaboration at the same time? If I can make him as good as he can possibly be, then that helps the team. But at the same time, you're not coming in here and you're not taking my position because I'm going to outwork you. I'm going to do everything that I can to hold you off. He's a first-round draft pick. He's going to take it eventually, but not this year. Um, so that's the way I, I thought about it. He had to be – he's going to play, and if he's going to play, I need him to be good. So I need to teach him everything I know. But at the same time, you know, it's a competition. It sounds like that's the same lessons in logistics that you're Absolutely. working with. Well, Desmond, I really appreciate it. I wish we had more time, but I uh, really appreciate your time today. Yes, sir. That's Thank you. Fun. Thank you.